Sport Press. to the Full Sport Press Podcast, featuring hosts Shay Hove, Chef, Wheezy, and Coach Locke. Please enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations. I would like to welcome everybody back and some of you for the first time to the Full Sport Press Podcast, the premier sports podcast for the consummate sports fan, and this is your one-stop shop for all sports-related news and topics. I am Jay Hove. What did you Wheezy in the building say, what's up, Wheezy? What it do, what it do, what it do? Coach Lockin' the business, what's up, Cam? What's happening, what's happening, what's happening? We here, that's all that matters. That's a fact, that's a fact. Speaking of being here, episode 330, 330, man. We're unveiling the 2020 NBA Bubble Awards. FSP style. Always FSP style. You better damn know it. And you better damn believe it, man. Let's kick it off best of the week, Jeff. What you got? Man, new music this week, man. A lot of good records came out. I like the Nas record. I like the Snoop Nipsey, Nipsey tribute record. The Zay, the Zaytoven and David Banner and Side High record. If you if you ready for a revolution, you definitely can turn that on right now. And the Drake record, surprisingly. I like I like the Drake record and the video a whole lot. I really do. Shout out to Lil Dirt. I like that record a lot. Out of those four songs, Jeff, the Drake record is the best. Why did you say the best? You saved the best for last. No, I just knew me saying the Drake record would get everybody, would surprise everybody. So the best is probably either the Snoop record or the, or the David Banner side. Coach Locke, what you got, man? Best of the week. Uh, my best of the week, we're going to get into a little bit later on in this show episode, but I'm just going to say my boy Dame Dollars. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to talk about that later on in the show, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Or, sure, what you got, Weezy? <laughs> my best of the week is <laughs> just the NBA period, man. It's, it's going to be playoff time, and it's getting real spicy in the league right now. My best of the week, I've been in the house, if you guys follow. I mean, if you, you know that. You know I haven't left the house. There's no reason for me to leave to go anywhere. And whatever, people still don't understand that. But anyway, um, my best of the week is that I have purchased a pair of Crocs. What? Look at that. Look at that, dog. Purchased me a pair of Crocs, man. I That's how bored I am, dog. And they super comfortable, too, dog. Y'all get y'all a pair, dog. We in there. We in the Crocs, man. Croc life. Oh, dang. Right. I had a pair of Crocs. He clowned me for for three years, man. That's no, crazy. No, bro. Let me tell you what you had. Are we going to do that? Okay. No, no. Uh-oh. You had mules, my man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Huge difference. We in the house. You know what I'm saying? We quarantined and we chilling. We pop, we copping crops, you feel me? They comfy, man. He's, he, he's seen me, I work in a pair of crops. He clowned me for, to this day. No, no, and they're mules. So you had a heel on your shit, man. Oh. <laughs> um, mm. 
Lock, worst of the week, what you got, man? Man, my worst of the week is, man, the alma mater has postponed the football season, man. Shout out to Tennessee State, man. They postponed football season and fall sports and fall competitions and all that. They didn't have a virtual homecoming, Coach. Virtual they, homecoming. Yeah. No, Somebody going to do it. Somebody going to come up with a way to I'll have a virtual homecoming. I'll tell you, that's the virtual. Yeah. This could be, be the first time you can be every party you want to go to, Coach. Uh, he said you can hit every party, Coach. You did every one of them this year. Virtual <laughs> part. I don't, I don't need to do that. Ah, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he down about that. He lying like a motherfucker. He lying. <laughs> what's, your, what's your worst of the week, Lee? Oh, my worst of the week is uh, they still ain't they still ain't done it. That's my worst of the week. And it's going to be my worst of the week until they get it. Uh, they still haven't gave me my money. Oh, they still haven't gave me my money. So it's gonna be a while too. <laughs> They're gonna keep playing with it for a while. Looks like it's not gonna be anytime soon. <sighs> Jeff, what you got? Worst of the week? Uh, my worst of the week, man, is the NFL is about to start, which means fantasy football season is pretty much here, and I have done zero prep work. <laughs> my, my first draft is in a week and a half, and I haven't done anything. So, yeah. probably a good thing for you, Jeff. Probably a good thing. Just go off the top of your head. Go. Probably. When the last time you, you won a draft league, Jeff? Uh, I, won money, I won money every year. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm very good. Like, I win money every year, dude. Like, this, I, I'm in multiple leagues. Like, I really am good at this. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah like, you won yeah. twice your first time playing it, and you talking crazy. Like, yeah, you do a slight jab. He tried to throw a quick slight. <laughs> like, you don't know, bro. What's that real quick, Holmes? I'm good. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jeff. Huh? Uh, we doing a Zoom yeah. uh, draft, so yeah. we're going to get that going. I'm excited about this, man. It's going to be back this we, year. You said you quit. You ain't, you ain't playing, are you? No, nah, I'm done that shit. Mm-hmm. You, play, you playing this year? Am I playing now? No, I'm just. Play, I ain't playing, but I'm on Zoom call. So, what's your worst of the week, Jay? Man, for sure. Uh, ben Simmons being out for the rest of the bubble season, man, and this also guarantees that Brett Brown probably will be fired, and they might even trade Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, man. So, um, the rest of the Sixers' future is really up in the air. That's rough, man, to see because I thought that the actual Sixers could possibly win the entire thing. So, tough to watch. Um, stat of the week, fellas. Shout out to Uncle Marcus M for this fine. Shout out to you, brother. Another Patrick Mahomes stat. Patrick Mahomes has more 300-plus passing yard games than the Buffalo Bills have had since 2003. Stat of the week. That's not. That's very true. You got Christian Ponder, EJ Manuel, J. Two Lawson. Florida State Seminoles, might I add. Go no, ahead. Well, I hated both of them. Yeah, that was a jab. Oh, that's a jab. No, I've, I've been on this show stating my hatred for EJ Manuel. Single handedly cost us back to back championships. Single handedly. Oh my God. Mm. Well, single handedly. Right. That was my guy, but it didn't pan out. We want to talk about a miss. Go back to last episode and listen to our misses. That was one of my football misses for sure. I don't think we talked about that, but I'm sure we will. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, y'all talked about EJ Manuel. Oh, yeah. So, while you're doing that, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Facebook, IG, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, 
Beyond Pod, YouTube, and of course the SoundCloud page to catch up on past episodes of FSP. How do you do that? Search Full Sport Press Podcast. When you get through doing that, make sure you check out the On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast with Animal Brown and Spike Lou every Wednesday. That latest issue is up. The best songs of 2020 so far. What's your favorite song of 2020 so far, Weezy? I really like to go crazy with Chris Brown and Young Thug right now. What so, about you, Lot? Probably one of the uh, Little Baby the Baby songs. What about you, Jeff? Um, probably my, my I say my most listened to this year new song probably either been Little Baby, uh, The Bigger Picture, or the Cocaine Cocaine Cologne by uh, my man Stove God Stove God Cooks. My favorite song of 2020 is Drake's When to Say When. Nah, you lie. You told me. You told me your favorite song, 42 Doug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We play. You, 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 you told me that's your favorite song right now. I'm gonna broke like Jock. Work with the dog like Vic. We write on fresher than your average podcast. Me, my dog, Animal Brown, the Self Help Fashion Podcast, directly related to improving everyday fashion. Check us out on IG soon. FTYA Fridays. Until then, wear your kicks. Cop responsibly. Jeff. Dirt. You got 10 good resting seconds. Oh, yeah. Let's start the clock. All right. So the Raw and SmackDown tapings are rumored, or live shows, depending on how you look at it. It seems taped, but they won't admit to it. But they are rumored to be moving to the Amway Center in Orlando to give a different vibe and a different look. Also, which is rumored to be the next step towards fans being in the building. If you've been watching AEW the last couple of weeks, they have had mm, roughly 100 people at the show spread out in Jacksonville's arena, um, you know, different different areas, different places to give it a different kind of feel. So they figure out a way to do that, test, alleg- allegedly testing people as they come to the tapings and things like that. So WWE is following suit and soon to be having people in the crowd. Um, and depending on how you feel about that, you know, whatever. But <laughs> just make sure you tune in each and every Thursday for the 808s and Chair Shots podcast. It's on all your, all your podcasting platforms going forward. You may not like wrestling, but your auntie loves it. Always remember that. Shout out to the guys, man. Now, tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press. Don't forget to give us a comment with a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate. And subscribe, but more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. To tell a friend. At the Revolution, we'll be podcasting. And before we start the first half, Weezy, do you have a yellow Cheerios award recipient for the listeners? This week's award recipient is Kima Simaran. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks waved Kima Simaran, a little known rookie cornerback. <laughs> On Tuesday, and the reason for his departure has come to light. Sivaran, an undrafted free agent, after he was caught on video trying to sneak a female visitor into the team hotel. The kicker, this woman, was wearing Seahawks gear in, a dis- in an attempt to disguise her as a player. And Sivaran's attempt to welcome a visitor into the team hotel was a violation of team rules, especially during a camp that is operating amid the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic, even in a regular non-pandemic setting, players are usually forbidden from welcoming visitors into hotel rooms or dorms. This is probably the easiest Yellow Box of Cheerios award recipient. What the hell was Kima thinking? You know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I mean, we know what he was thinking, but he wasn't thinking. I, uh, one of my wise friends told me, 
probably on his Zoom call right now. He told me back in the day, I was young coming up. He said, "Weez, don't be a slave to it." And, and, and I wish I get that. I wish I could get him that same advice, man. I mean, it could get tricky, you know. In turn, I know you. You know, you've been away from uh, the slavery. You know, the it, it can be tough. But here's the thing with technology, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. I think, yeah, you can have some fun. You don't have to do that. You got that off another way. Sure. Tell what you tell what you tell me. Make a way. Tell what you tell me. <laughs> Make a way. You guys ready to get started the first half, man? Let's please do. The first half is underway. Full Sport Press. Half the hottest sports news of the past week, like we do each and every week here at the Full Sport Press podcast. Started. I am Jay Ho. What be Jeff? Boy Weezy, what it do? It's your man, Coach Lock. Lock, where can they find you at on social media, my brother? And on IG and Twitter, it's Lock underscore the underscore great. That's T H A. Get at me. What about you, Weezy? I'm FSP underscore Weezy. IG and I'm at Howie's on Twitter. Holla at me. Back though. What about you, Jeff? Jay Easley 84 across all social media platforms. That's right. And I'm Jay Hove on Instagram and Twitter. Find me on Twitter to have a conversation. Let's kick things off, man. First half, NCAA football. Exactly one month before most of the college football world was once expected to start a new season. Wednesday showed us just how difficult it will be to stage autumn sports during the COVID-19 pandemic, the Big Ten, Pac-12, and Mountain West postponed football until 2021. The Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC will try to play football in the fall. Billions of dollars are at stake across the sports world. Will college football be played in the fall? In the South? Yeah. They're going to find a way. The SEC will find a way. The ACC will find a way. They're going to put them boys out there to play. They're going to find out the coaches have too much power, and they, they, they have absolute power, I should say. And as long as you have people like Dabo Sweeney running around who are going to push the agenda to make sure this is being played. I, I'm agree with Jeff just said, but it's not just SEC. Uh, the big team, they're pissed off too. Coach Franklin's pissed off. Coach Harbaugh's pissed off. They want to play just as bad. They feel like the players are more protected at school than they would be at home, which can go both ways. I mean, that sounds harsh, but it's probably true. I believe we're going to see college football in the SEC, ACC, and Big 12, but I think it's going to come to an end eventually. I don't think the season is going to go 100% through. Uh, I think when you have those players out there playing, you're going to see the cases start to pop up everywhere. And then you're going to see your best players. Something like one of your best players happens to get it. Now what's going to happen? Like, say Trevor Lawrence gets it for Clemson. Now what's going to happen? Because now we know that's going to change the whole outcome of their Clemson team. So I think they will start off playing. But once the cases start to arise, uh, you'll see more players coming out saying they're not feeling safe now because they're starting to see people close to them in the same locker room practice get the COVID. And I think that's going to be the demise of it. Last month, guys, a confidential poll of college football players conducted by ESPN they asked 73 players, would they be comfortable practicing and playing games without a vaccine? 64 of those 73 players said they would. Only 37 said that they would be willing to play two seasons in one calendar year if the 2020 season was delayed. If I am, you know, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence, I'm not coming back to play in the spring. There's no reason to play. 
they literally have to play in the fall because teams are playing in Minnesota on the field with no heated fields. Dude, it's like two degrees on the field. People, come on, man, you're falling on concrete. Like, so it's so many different variables that goes into playing winter football, January, February football in big cities like that that's terrible as far as snow and things of that nature. It is going to be a shit show if they try to play in January, the middle of the traditional flu season, which everybody assumes where Corona will hit even harder. Hey, man, football is over with for 2020, 2021. Just go ahead and pack it up. It's just not worth it. You don't want a kid to die on your watch. There's a chance that that could happen. Why risk it? They should have just went on and made that make this call earlier, like the uh the smart schools did, the harvest and all that. Like just just make the school just make the call earlier. Let us gonna be pissed off and get over it instead of making it so close to the season. And to kind of you know put every put a bow on everything, like you're asking 18, 18, 19, maybe twenty year old kids to make a decision about the rest of their life. But when they're trying to make a decision about making money for the rest of their life and making money off of their name, you want them to be quiet. When it comes to them wanting to play football and putting their life on the line, possibly, because we have no idea what the long-term implications of this disease are, you're cool with that. Let them play for your entertainment and for you, so you won't be bored and so you can make your money at your school. That's all you care about. But we don't know what this means for people as they get older and how it's going to affect them in their long-term life when they can actually make some money off of their name and their likeness if they go pro. But you don't give a damn about that. Just make sure they play for your college and your alma mater. That's all you care about. Fun times to live in, man. We were speaking on young Kima earlier as he was the recipient of the yellow box of Cheerios. Well, the NBA is trying to figure out some things in that same realm also. The NBA has done a wonderful job keeping everyone safe and COVID-free in the bubble. But Stephen A. Smith seems to think that players should have conjugal visits. (laughs) The NBA will soon be allowing outsiders into the bubble, but there's a catch to it. It has to be someone that the player has had a long-standing relationship with the player, which means, what? No side pieces? Now, my question for you guys is, should they have conjugal visits? If they do, how are they going to determine who has been with who for a certain amount of time or is considered long-standing? And will this be safe? I think that could get real tricky. <laughs> real tricky. Um I think they should. They probably should just. They probably should just said girlfriends or wives because, um, yeah, they can get real spicy. They haven't had a positive test since the bubble started. Am I correct? Right. That's over. As soon as you start allowing this to happen, it's over. Because how you how can you determine someone has been knowing someone for a long period of time? You can't determine it. I can just say, I've known her for six years. We just met her last week at the bar because she took a picture at the Instagram. You liked it. You invited her over to the boat. You look at Lil Will. Lil Will had to go to the strip club. Don't disrespect going to the strip club, but just saying, you see how these dudes are thinking at this point. They've only been around, and the only woman they've pretty much seen during this time period is Taylor Rooks. Yeah, Taylor Rooks is nice to look at, pardon me, but you can't do nothing with Taylor Rooks. Like, that's that's professional. So now you get to bring your wife, your girlfriend, or or someone that resembles that to you. Oh, man, it's over with. Basically, what they're saying is no groupies. You guys make great points, man. This is just a bad idea. This might be the thing that actually contaminates the bubble. They've done a really great job kind of keeping the entire situation safe. I think that should just keep it 
away from families, you sign up for 90 days. So you do those 90 days. And this is a sacrifice that you keep your coaches, players, and staff safe. I don't think they should let, you know, anybody else into the bubble. Bad idea. It's going to end up being a situation where we push the NBA season back. And we don't want to do that. They've done a great job, set the standard as far as the bubble. And just to see your friends and family play, see you play, dude, you can do that. They can watch the game just like we're doing. I don't think 90 days is long enough to make sure that you're keeping people around. Don't do this, NBA. I hope they don't. And they're going to do it because the players want that. All right. So next time, guys, next time we talk about top-tier tight ends in the NFL, is make sure we put a dollar side on the S at the end, all right? Travis Kelsey just signed a new deal with the Kansas City Chiefs worth $14 to $15 million annually and $57.25 million over four years. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Sheesh, that's a lot for a tight end. But then, San Francisco 49ers tight end, George Kittle, all pro himself, agreed to a five-year deal worth $75 million to one of them. Love that money. Is this too much for a tight end, or is this just a bargaining value for what you get for those two guys? I don't think it's too much at all. Not for them two guys. Uh, George Kittle is probably the best, probably the best playmaker on the 49ers at the, at this point. I don't think they can. I don't, I think he, I don't think they can win without George Kittle. Even though he only had five touchdowns last year, but still had he had an impact on every game. You have, you have to know where he is. They they line him up all over the field, and then with the Kansas City Chiefs and that tight end. He he's a wide receiver and everything. They line him up like wide, out wide, and everything. So I definitely think the money was well earned both ways. I agree. The the money was earned both ways. Um, they both had over a thousand yards. Both had at least eighty five receptions. To me, I believe Kittle is more valuable to San Francisco than Kelsey is to Kansas City, though, because we are built on the run. And Kittle is a great blocking tight end. Like, you, they show a lot of his highlights. They're showing him just blocking people and pushing people out the way. It's not even catching the ball. Our bread and butter is running the ball. That's what makes our team go. And if you can't block as a tight end, you can't run the ball as well. So when you have a tight end like Kittle that's going to block like a regular lineman, but then you can also run him out, spread him out throughout the field, run any kind of route, he's just that valuable. It really depends on what you want. If you want a person that runs better routes, I think Travis Kelsey is the guy. If you want a bruiser, like you guys mentioned, that can block and also catch, Kittle is your guy. I think consecutive 1,000-yard seasons shows that George Kittle is uh, the complete package at the tight end position. And I think he's just a better blocker. It really depends. You're not losing if you get Kelsey or if you get uh, Kittle. But if I were to want a tight end, who can block and who can go out and catch me some passes, even though he dropped a major pass on Madden for me. Um, I got to go with Kittle. I mean, any helps hide the mediocre quarterback y'all got. Come on, Jeff. Come on, Jeff. Relax. Relax, man. (laughs) Now, by the time you hear these predictions that we're going to give for the NBA playing series, the AFC will be finalized and playoffs will officially be set. But we're still going to give you our thoughts and predictions on who we think will be the AFC in the Western Conference Finals based on the play-in game. Who do you guys predict to come out of this play-in series between the Portland Blazers 
and the Memphis Grizzlies to get that AFC in the Western Conference playoffs? I'm going Portland. My heart wants Memphis just because the John Morant story is, is just amazing in his rookie year where he's able to help turn around that team. And, you know, it's the closest thing to a home team we have here in Nashville. So I would get my heart wants Memphis, but for a better playoff series and possible upset, you got to go with Portland. I definitely want Memphis to win the game one, but I think uh, I think Portland will win the series outright. Uh, Portland's got too much firepower. got too much Romello and Dane has been there before, too much experience on the court at one time. The Blazers got to end this today. They have older players like Melo that needs rest in between these games. They don't want to play on Sunday. Then again, on Tuesday, that extra day of rest will be vital for this competition. I can see them losing because they went down to the wire with one real starter in Brooklyn because they don't play any defense. So I can see the Grizzlies finding a way to get Grayson Allen going finding a way to get Dylan Brooks going. But um, I know that the Blazers will have to find a way to close these guys out so they can eventually play the Lakers and get swept. It's going to be closer than people think. For one, Portland's not a great rebounder team. And the Grizzlies are a pretty good offensive rebounder team. But all that being said, though, you still got Damian Lillard. Like Weezy mentioned, you still got CJ McCullough. You got Melo. They have the experience that the Grizzlies won't have. Ja's going to put up a fight, but I don't think he can do it by himself. Blazers, man, they play down the competition. They play up in competition. I, I do think we're going to get a show between the two guards. I think Ja and Dame are going to put on a hell of a show, and I don't want to miss it. We'll see. You guys ready to get started with the halftime? Let's do it. We're at the midway point. Enjoy all of the halftime festivities. Halftime, in case you missed it. Wednesday, NFL Network announced Deion Sanders would no longer be on staff. The NFL Hall of Fame cornerback didn't want to take a pay cut following 14 years on the network. Barstool Sports announced the next day that Deion will join the company with part of my take host, Kit Kat Kat and Eric Sollenberger, making the announcement on their popular podcast. At Barstool, Deion will host his own podcast, 21st and Prime, and will be a regular guest on part of my take during the NFL season. He will also star in videos for the company, and his salary has not been publicly disclosed. Can Dion lead his own show at Barstool? I believe so. He has the ear of a lot of players still, a lot of corners especially, and defensive players still want to be Dion. So as long as he has that, and he can get players on his show and talk to them in a way that outsiders can't, Dion will always have a, a place to be. And I mean, and Barstool got a bag, they're handing them out. So I'm pretty sure he's getting, he's getting compensated very well for what he's doing. So shout out to Prime. He's a similar. I'm thinking about, yeah, I think Prime can do it, but it just has to be solely on football. I don't think he can go every day, like everyday sports, like outside of football, like when football season not playing. I don't think he can do that and, and hold a fan base of a show consistently like that. Then when it comes to football season, college football, he can get interviews. He can, he, he can hold a fan, but I just don't see him doing – everyday sports, everyday sports stories. Yeah, Prime has the personality to do this, especially like Weezy mentioned with football. You know, he has the connections where he can get whoever he wants on his show, basically, to talk to, interview, whatever he wants to do. It is going to be interesting to see what he does once football season is over, though, especially when they're not talking about free agency and things like that. But he, he has the personality where he'll figure something out 
the best thing that happened to Dion was how the NBA made their season year round. So now the NFL is the exact same way. The bad thing with Dion, he's never led his own show. So he was always a part of elaborate productions, including multiple analysts, like Weezy said, and hosts. With that format being heavily scripted, he's on a podcast now. They're free flowing. It's going to be very interesting to see how he builds his podcast and kind of separates himself in a very saturated field. Now, Barstool has had plenty of people come through as former players with varying success. So it ultimately comes down to whether he can connect with the younger audience that the company has. And Dion might find his way to do that. It could go either way, but I know he's going to be paid to do it for sure. And keep in mind, you know, with football being like the NBA, you know, more of a year-round thing, he's also going to have that spare time to still coach his sons like he wants to and help out with that and coach other players as well. He's still going to have a chance to do that. I mean, we know he can do the, the, the guest spot. He's been doing that since he's been out the league. We know he can do that. And leading the pod, I mean, even if he takes the, the approach of seasonal podcasting where he only does so many episodes per year, like that'll help him out because he won't be in the, in the height of basketball season talking about what cornerback is looking good in many counts. It don't matter to anybody. You know what I'm saying? So they can hide, they can hide his uh, deficiencies if they need to or inefficiencies if they need to. Most definitely. You guys ready to get started the second half? Let's do it. The second half is underway. Full sport press. Second half, the 2020 NBA Bubble Awards, episode 330. Before we get started, I am J-Ho. It's your book. My bad, Jeff. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm... Go ahead. It's your boy, Big Jeff. <laughs> Go ahead, Weezy. It's your boy, What it do? <laughs> My bad. It's your man, Coach Lop. Yes, sir. Uh, when the NBA resumed play last month, all regular season awards voting had come to a close. The league decided not to include bubble performances in any award candidacy. And also since, it wouldn't be fair, to eight teams that weren't invited to Walt Disney World for the 2019-2020 NBA season restart. Even with the small sample size, it didn't stop us from creating our own bubble awards. FSP style. Let's get it going, man. Best moment of the bubble. We'll start with the finalists. Devin Booker's game winner, Damian Lillard's 61-point performance, and Kyle Kuzma's game winner. Who are you picking and why, fellas? Ooh, ooh, can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Can I go? Go ahead, Joe. So, two of these involve Pandemic P, so that's always a plus for me. If you know who Pandemic P is, that's Paul Pierce. That's Jay's favorite guy. Um, so Devin Booker over Paul Pierce. I'm, I'm sorry, over um, uh, what's his Paul name? George. Paul George. Yeah, Paul George was something fun to watch. But more than just a 61 point performance, it's Dane Lillard. Period. His response to missing those free throws, going for the 50, going for the 60. His press, his press responses, his his social media responses. Dave Lillard has become a superstar in the media's eyes, in front of our eyes in the book. Dave Lillard. I totally agree. I'm I'm going with Dave Lillard, 61 point performance too, because uh, he definitely needed all 61 of those points. Um, and like man, like he said, he's been the, he's he, he's the star of bubble right now. Dave Lillard, the Dave Lillard show. Yes, I'm going. Triple play that. I'm going with Damian Lillard's 61-point performance. Uh, we see buzzer beaters all the time. 
we don't see 60 pieces as often as we see game winners and buzzer beaters. And what made it even better is he also had eight assists to go with that, five rebounds, and he did it shooting 53% from the field and 52% from the three. So I went with Damian Lillard for the 61-point performance. Man, y'all crazy as hell, man. Get the hell out of here. Man, y'all know my boy D-Book channeled Kobe Bean Bryant. Devin Armani Booker, man. Hey, welcome to the world, man. So many tight games. His buzzer beater to lift the Suns to a victory. And they just didn't do that against mm, the Grizzlies or against the Brooklyn Nets minus 10 starters. Dude, he did against the Clippers. It was Kobe-esque, dog. Shot ended up being the difference between Phoenix actually having a shot to play for a playoffs or going home early. You have to give it to Devin Armani Booker, dog. The legend of the bubble. They're going to name the bubble Devin Booker's bubble, dude. He owned the bubble, dude. Are y'all crazy? Was, and he laid out. That's going to be the picture of the bubble. Him laid out. Game winner. Give it the ball. don't go for that 61. The, the Blazers are not playing in, are not playing in the playing game. <laughs> y'all got some damn nerve. Right. So next we have the rookie of the bubble. And the finalists are John Morant, Michael Porter Jr., and Cam Johnson. Weezy, who is your pick for rookie, rookie of the bubble? Oh, my rookie of the bubble is for sure Michael Porter Jr. Jay, and I hate to say it, Jay was right the whole time. Everybody thought Bull Bull was going to be the star for Denver, and it's pretty Michael Porter Jr. this year. Uh, I agree. Um, the league is going to regret not taking a chance on that young man. Um, I mean, I understand back injuries are serious, and you don't want to play with that. But when if you had a draft pick that you had at your disposal and you waited that long for him to get picked, he's going to be able to tear. And we're seeing his second year jump early. And my, I'm talking about Michael Porter Jr., of course. We're seeing his second year jump early, adjusting to the game, adjusting to the league, understanding how things work, and we're going to see it right now in the bubble. Because technically, he's no longer a rookie. Let's, be, let's keep it above, right? Technically, he's no longer a rookie with where we're playing at right now. So... It's fun to watch. Jay, you was right. I mean, we all thought he was going to be good. We, we, we were robbed to see him in college, of course. But that was definitely your guy. You said, you know, you called him coming out of high school. And, yeah, no, of the, of the bubble, he's the rookie of the year. Of the bubble. This is turning into the bubble, the Jay Hove call, man. You know what I mean? All my guys are, you know what I mean, playing at a really high level. Um, we'll move on. to. I'll talk about another guy that I call as well. But, it's Michael Porter Jr., man. John Morant was easily the best rookie pre-bubble, but MPJ holds that crown inside the bubble. This was his breakout party. He started with an 11-point clunker after a 20-point blowout against the Heat. Then he peeled out four straight double-doubles, man. He's benefited from Gary Harris and Barton, Jamal Murray, not playing in every game. This is going to be huge for the Nuggets going into the playoffs because they now know that this kid can play if he works on defense, sky's the limit, man. Interesting to see how they're going to use him in the postseason. But this dude, man, they got a genie out of the bottle, man. A lot of people hated on my dog. You know, I'm not going to put their name out here. But they said he was going to be trash. You understand? It wasn't nobody in this Zoom call. Somebody looking at this Zoom call. Yeah, you. Um, you told me that he was not going to be good. And he was going to be a bust. And now he's busting out of the bubble. And, Feels good, man. Feels good seeing my guys succeed. Uh, I'm going to make that unanimous. Michael Porter Jr. is definitely the rookie of the bubble. 
he more than doubled his points before going into the bubble. Before the restart, he was only averaging nine points, 4.7 rebounds a game. In the bubble, he's averaged 22 points and eight rebounds on 55% shooting. They don't have to rely on Jamal Murray as much. They don't have to rely on the Vigs as much. They know they can rest them and bring him off the bench and he can keep them in a the game. Or, you know, if they have the lead, he can maintain the lead while he's on the floor. So this is going to be huge for Denver, especially going to the next year. Michael Porter Jr. is definitely my rookie of the bubble. So we'll go with breakout player of the bubble. The final that, we have Gary Trent Jr., Derek White, and Trey Burke. Jeff, who are you going with for your breakout player of the bubble? This was probably the toughest one we got on the list to me. Um, I'm going with Gary Trent Jr. Just off of the confidence that that team shows to him in moments where he should not have the ball in his hands, like just being honest, it should be three other people before he – or four, actually, before he even touches the ball. But he's able to get shots, and they depend on him to make those shots, and he's making – a majority of them, like he's, you know, he had a rough game against the Knicks. But other than that, like he's he's coming up in big moments. So to me, it'd be Gary Trent Jr. And the fact that they trust and believe in him right now, and that's going to be huge for them going to the playoffs. This is another J-Hope call. Gary Trent Jr., man, this is my guy, man. You know, uh, his dad was the Shaq of the Mac. and been my guy since he went to Duke. I was upset that he went to Duke. Um, but once he left Duke, you know, I completely doubled. The, and it wasn't looking good for me. Because that boy was deep on the bench. Deep on the bench. But Trevor Reza opting out of the restart. The Blazers needed somebody on the wing behind Melo. And he turned into a human flamethrower, dog. Averaging 18 points. 56% from three, coach. Shooting 56 from downtown. Once the Blazers make this playoff, he will be the person that can kind of help them get over the hump. Everybody needs a person coming off the bench to score. He is that guy with ultimate confidence. Dress is kind of weird. I don't know what happened to his fashion since leaving Duke, coming into the league. Just got to learn how to play a little defense. Sky's the limit for this kid, man. I think he can ultimately be the reason that they get rid of C.J. McCollum and maybe add a big star because Gary Trent Jr. is a player, dog. And I thought just the same thing as Jay said. I, I didn't want to say it because I didn't want to look stupid, but since Jay said I'm going to say it, he, he overshadowed uh, – <laughs> he overshadowed CJ McCullough this whole bubble. True. His whole bubble. I, I think he's, I don't know if he's playing freely or no pressure on him, but he's overshadowed him the whole bubble and has been pressure on that team to win. And he's been coming through. We have a, another unanimous pick here. I went with Gary Trent also. He just improved everything. Another improvement from the restart. All of his numbers from his field goal percentage, three point percentage, and average increase from the regular season. He's only averaging seven points in the regular season. Gary Trent Jr. doesn't play like he's played in that bubble. I don't think Portland makes that AC. I think they lose some of those games. And we're talking about Phoenix and Memphis playing in their playing game right now. So Gary Trent Jr. definitely was a big boast for them, for them to get that play in C. I don't know if I go as far as saying I get rid of CJ McCullough for him because it's different when that light is on you and they're game planning for you night in and night out. But they definitely need Gary Trent Jr. to continue to play like this if they want to make any noise in the playoffs. Next, we have most disappointing player of the bubble. Finalists, John Morant, Lonzo Ball, Fred Van Vliet. Jay, 
Who is your most disappointing player of the bubble? Oh, it's Lonzo Ball, man. Uh, and the thing about it, he seemed to really hit his stride before the season was postponed. He's averaging 27 and 7. You go to the bubble, he averaged five points, five rebounds, and six dimes, y'all. 25% from the field, 19% from three. He just went into a shooting slump at the worst time possible, man, putting together a very solid season prior to coming to the bubble. Had it not be for his poor play, the drama surrounding Zion, the Pelicans wouldn't be going home. And they're at the crib now, and they just fired their coach. So here we are. And Lonzo Ball is partly to blame. He's my guy. Um, <laughs> so I'll take this one. Lonzo Ball is definitely my guy. Um, and Jay's right. He had a horrible bubble. Like horrible coming into the bubble, he was he was he was like reaching his stride. He was keeping him afloat. Uh, he and Bi uh, waiting on Zion to arrive to save the day. Unfortunately, Rudy Gobert saved the world, and we had to postpone the season. And Lonzo Ball left his game in March. And, like he didn't show up for the bubble. You read everything you read about this team is that he didn't look interested to be there. Whatever was going on with him, etc. I'm not gonna get into any personal issues, whatever. But he did not look like basketball was on his mind while he was on the court. And that was sad to see because that team really could have made some noise and really could have been should have been in this playing game against Portland. Not even just Lonzo Ball. I'm going with the whole Pel- Pelican organization. They uh they fumbled their first game by not let by not letting Zion play, and it just seemed like the team never really just rallied at all. Another unanimous Lonzo Ball. I mean, I don't have no point of me reiterating everything you guys said. You average seven points in a bubble. That's not going to do it. When you're on the floor as much as you are, they rely on you, especially while Zion is not, was on minute restriction. You have Brandon Ingram out there trying to do the best he can, and they have been relying on you before the restart where you're playing well and you get into the bubble and you shoot 30% from the field. That's not going to work. It just was a bad time for him to play bad, and it cost them a chance to play in the playing game for sure. All right, moving on to the most disappointing team of the bubble. Finalists for that, we have the Pelicans, the 76ers, and the Los Angeles Lakers. Jeff, who is your pick for most disappointing team of the bubble? All right, so to me, it's not the Lakers, simply because they had two objectives in the bubble, beat the Clippers and get the number one seed. They beat the Clippers got the number one seed. They didn't care about nothing else after that. The Sixers, like the fact that they are going to lose in the first round, and like, and no one is, no one is upset, no one is surprised. Like, they're not going to make it past the first round. They're not going to beat Boston. They should not be playing Boston in the first round, especially with a hobble Ben Simmons and a Joel Embiid who probably wants to be home right now, and an Al Horford who's a year past his prime. Uh, well, past his prime, a year past his contract that should not have been signed by that team. And Tobias Harris is not what they thought they were. They kept the wrong player. They should have did whatever they could to keep Jimmy Butler. I've been saying that all year. And Tobias Harris is not going to be able to help them win that series. And it's sad to see that they're wasting Joel Embiid the way they're wasting Joel Embiid with that trash coach in that team. So hopefully they make some moves in the offseason and get rid of the coach or get rid of Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. But one of the three or two have to be gone for next year for the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm picking the Pelicans. And heading into the restart, I thought, well, I thought the Pelicans and also the Blazers were likely the biggest threats to steal the Grizzlies' playoff spot. And the Pelicans, who long win, came against the Grizzlies at the time. This team should have been better, man. Should have been way better. There's too much talent on this roster to be giving up 140 points 
to the Kings, who look completely lifeless throughout the entire bubble. They have Vladi retired. That's how bad they looked in the bubble. So uh, to have the situation the way the Pelicans went out, even Brandon Ingram, you know, who's everybody's media darling, most improved player, it's only so much that he can do. He can't have any help. Zion only played 12 minutes a game. He doesn't care about people talking about his weight. This man's too much going on. Here we are now, Alvin Gentry, who probably will never get hired again. They let him down. He risked his life coming to that damn bubble, man. Alvin Gentry, 66 years old. He didn't need to be there, and they didn't even show up for him, dog. Alvin Gentry was placed in a bad position because for the front office, wants Zion there for the long haul and restricted his minutes. If you let Zion play with the way he's supposed to, that team is better. But if you're telling me as a, as a player that no, all of our minutes are going to count, but the guy who can help us the most, probably other than Brandon Ingram, doesn't have to play, that's a tough sell. So you can't make a decision to play him because the front office is saying no. Like, so they, they hinder Avergentry powerless and chose to not give a damn about this bubble when they're the only reason we're having playing games because of the Pelicans, because the NBA wanted Zion in the playoffs for the race. Let's be honest. They're the only reason we're doing this. Yeah, the Pelicans was, was my disappointing team in this thing. Uh, I think the NBA just hyping Zion, 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 and he's letting – I don't think he's letting down – I think he's letting down the whole NBA right now by not being in shape. Now, when he's on the court, Jeff, when he's on the court, I give you that. I give you that. He's a walking bucket. Now I said, who's the face of the league? LeBron James is the face of the league right now. But they're pushing for they're pushing for it to be Zion. Yeah. That's easy. We know that. And he and he moves the needle enough to where it shows. Like but this whole weight thing, this whole weight thing is an issue now. I don't know if the media made it an issue. I don't know if Zion don't care or not, but it's an issue now. When they look when they look at Zion on the court, people look at his weight to see, all right, damn, he don't look like he lost any weight. It's the same thing that LeBron faced when he first got into the league. You got to find something because he's too much. No, what do you mean? Oh, no. I'm serious. He's too – He's when he's on the court, he's unstoppable, number one. We've seen that. Now, I pointed it out to you guys, countless times in the group chat. He's unstoppable, number one, when he's on the court. So they have to find something to say negative about him because everything you hear about him is positive. The kid don't get in no trouble. He's never had no bad press. He never said nothing stupid in, in, in an interview. All he do is show up, play basketball, dominate, and go home and look like a little kid when he does. That's all he does. You got to find something negative to say about him. That's not true, Jeff. He is out of shape. He hasn't had a full season of nutrition in the NBA yet is a problem. And harping on his weight when – He's never going to look like y'all want him to look. His body just ain't made like that. I think that's – I think that's like – we act like he's Oliver Miller or Tony Dumas or, 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 or people like that. He's not. Like, he's jumping out of the gym. They want they, they want to be cut up like Dwight Howard. Uh, no, he's never going to be cut up like Dwight Howard, but he needs to be in a situation where his body looks better than what he's doing. He in the NBA, man. He needs to take care of his body. His shit look crazy, bro. That's all I'm saying. My, I'm going to go with the Pelicans also. They went to a six in a bubble with a chance to get in the playoffs. They didn't get it done. We spoke on Lonzo Ball earlier. He didn't help. And the Zion minute restrictions didn't help him either. Now, the Zion is out of shape. His body's not where it needs to be. All of that is not his fault. COVID really put a strain on that. I really believe if COVID doesn't happen, he was on his way to getting back better. His body would have been better. 
because no no matter what training he was doing at home over Zooms, calls, things like that, when COVID hit and they were not allowed to go to their facilities, that had a big big issue with him. Whether he's helping himself by the things he was eating during COVID, we'll never know. But he's going to have to get his body better than what it is now. And no, he's never going to be the cut-up type of guy. He's always going to be a muscular, football-looking player on a basketball court. But if you go back and look at his body at Duke, it looked better at Duke than it does now. So if he can just get his body back to looking like that and get healthy, then he'll be the player that Jeff always says he is be. So I went with the Pelicans for, Pelicans for most disappointing team of the bubble. Moving on to defensive player of the bubble, the finalists. We have Kyle Lowry, Mark Gasol, and Bam Adebayo. Weezy, who do you have for a defensive player of the bubble? Bam Adebayo, Miami Heat. I think Bam Adebayo might be, ever since ever since Dwayne left, that Bam Adebayo might be the face of this of this team in the bubble right now. But the way Bam and he got them as a as a fourth or fifth seed, Bam Adebayo. I got Kyle Lowry, man. I know it's not a popular choice, but he made super timely defensive stops in critical moments of the games, whether he was taking the charge or playing great individual defense. Kyle Lowry was everywhere for the Raptors, which in turn had them as that best defensive team throughout the entire bubble. Kyle Lowry, man, just made huge role plays um, within the Raptors' eight games, and I think you know, unfortunately, I don't like the way he plays. Does a lot of flopping, but it's part of defense, man. Very similar to Pat Bev, just a nuisance. But he was strapping up, man, throughout the entire bubble. I agree. I think we could have rotated multiple Raptors players um, for this award. Um, Van Vliet, as well as Kyle Lowry, um, or Pascal. Like they're one of the top defensive teams in the league of the bubble, and also got their second seed solidified, which is insane considering there's no Kawhi Leonard there. Um, so, <laughs> well, I know we're going to talk about the coaches and things like that, but just just think about it. Let that settle in. If they're still the second seed, that's no, they've actually won more games without Kawhi than they did with Kawhi last year. So, to me, I will, since he's the only Raptor on this list, I go with Kyle Lowry because they play – they strap up all across the board on every, on every player at every position. They make up for their lack of talent by effort and defense. And um, Kyle Lowry flopping and taking charges. Consider better. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he he just does the things that you don't see a lot of guards do today. You know, he, he's unselfish. Like you mentioned, Toronto is one of the better defensive teams in the bubble, and it starts up top. When you look at a defensive team that's great, most of the time it's going to start with your guards up top or your wing play because if they can keep guards from getting in the paint, it makes it that much easier for your bigs. But Kyle Lowry, he's just that, that knack. You know, he, he's one of those players, like you mentioned, he gets on your nerves guarding you. He has you frustrated. Uh, he's going to make it hard on you when it's time to go against him in the game. So I went with Kyle Lahr, the defensive player of the bubble also. Next, we have coach of the bubble. The finalists are Monty Williams, Terry Stocks, and Greg Popovich. Jay, who do you have for coach of the bubble? Oh, my God, Monty Williams, man. You arrive at the bubble six games behind the Grizzlies for the eighth seed. He's the perfect person, human being, to build this young team into what they're becoming. I think the best decision that the Suns have made over the last couple of years is hiring Monty Williams. Devin Booker gets a lot of the headlines, 
But it wouldn't have been the same without this this roster that's with this guy, man. You got Aiden, you got Cam Johnson, and you got Mikael Bridges. People aren't talking about how good of a team this is. And then we have Oubre, who had his best year in 2019-2020. So it's no coincidence that Ricky Rubio is getting this team going as well. They were dreadful without somebody that could get the ball out of Devin Booker's hand and let him play within the offense. Ricky Rubio is doing that. He's a steady hand in the first season with them. Simply better team with Rubio running the floor on offense. So I think they've generated some positive momentum heading into next season. And you add another lottery pick to this. The only thing that they're missing, I would trade Kelly Oubre right now. I would trade him and Dario Sarge for Blake Griffin or Kevin Love. That's all they need is a pick and pop four. That's it. If they can do that, sky's the limit, man. I think he's one year too late on Blake, maybe. Just for just for going to Phoenix. Just for because he's gonna be too too dependent on Phoenix. They they need him to do too much. But Kevin Love, that would work because he's been in that role before um with the, the with Cleveland and things like that. So I agree with what you're saying. Uh but my coach of the bubble pick is Monty Williams. Simply because with any old coach like your coach, I mean it's your name, of course, but but they always say going into tournament time, you want to be playing your best ball. Well, they arrived at the tournament and started playing their best ball in the tournament. Throughout everything that happened before them, they came to the tournament, came to the bubble, and did exactly what they were supposed to do. They won every they won everything they needed to do to get in. They just lost one game before that they shouldn't have lost, and they kept them out of the playoffs. So it's fun to watch. Uh, Devin Booker, um, after a horrible offseason and making those horrible statements in that pickup game that got picked up, um, having a mediocre regular season uh, for the most part, came to the bubble and ball. And, and Who had a mediocre regular season? What I mean by mediocre is, did we really give a damn about what he was doing in the regular season? No. Nobody was watching Phoenix. Nobody was watching Phoenix, Jay. Don't want to be real. Nobody watching Phoenix. He was an all-star. Well, you watching Phoenix every night. I don't have league pass from when they was on. On every night, as a normal sports fan, as a normal basketball fan, were they really checking for Devin Booker throughout the regular season? De- uh, DeAndre Ayton didn't play for 25 games, dude. That's true. I was getting to that. I'm definitely getting to that. They need more from him going into the next season, too. Devin Booker is going to have to be – what he did in this bubble is what he has to do going forward. He has to capture the attention of everybody else and keep it. Or he's going to leave Phoenix. If, they, if Phoenix wants him to stay, they got to do this, what they just did, and replicate it for a regular season and, make, and play meaningful basketball. There's no reason you win eight games and you still don't make the playoffs in the book. You know what I'm saying? Like, they should have been more meaningful in the regular season than now. That's all I'm saying. You definitely got to go with Monty Williams. Yeah, you, you don't you don't come in there for four, four months off and just go in there and just win eight games in a row without, you know, getting some kind of award for coach of the year. Like, that that was just that was amazing to me. I, I, I don't think they had a chance. So, and Devin Booker, he's definitely been hooping. I think he has a target on his back now. He got to carry the team. The target on his back now, so he got to continue to do that. But I want Money Williams also. Yeah, it's another clean, clean sweep with Money Williams. Uh, like y'all mentioned, they were six games back of the AFC going into the bubble, and nobody, nobody, nobody on this Zoom thought they would go eight and zero in the bubble. Nobody. Let's just be real. They they are running stuff the right way because they're using all their young players that they are been getting in the draft because they haven't been good. And now it's starting to come into fruition. They just have to continue to do that. And like you mentioned, this draft pick they're going to get is going to be a real important decision who they take with that draft pick. 
The only reason they're not in the playoffs is because they went one and three against the Grizzlies in the regular season. They lost the tiebreaker. If they win one of those games, they're in the playoffs. I believe Phoenix will definitely make the playoffs for the next NBA season. I'm saying it right here. You heard it. They will make the playoffs. Last but not least, the granddaddy of them all. MVP of the bubble. Finalists are Damian Lillard, TJ Warren, Devin Booker. Wheezy, who do you have for your MVP of the bubble? Dame time. Dame Lillard. 50, 50 points, 61 point game. Uh, he had a steal. To, he had a steal to win one of those games that was probably one of the best defensive, probably one of the best defensive plays that he won that game, Jay. That still won that game for him against Brooklyn. Uh, so I went with I went with Dang Lillard. Please let Jay go, Nick. Please let Jay go, Nick. It's Devin Armani Booker, dog. What in the fuck? You literally just sat on this damn Zoom call and said nobody thought that they were gonna win four games. Three games, they went eight and zero. If you put their starting five against the Blazers' starting five, who has the better team? Got a better team on paper. Blazers, one hundred percent. And people walk around and say that Devin Booker is an empty calorie scorer. He didn't put in a situation where he hasn't scored and did anything meaningful for these eight games. He averaged 30, 50 from the field, and forty-five from three. He went 50, 40, 90 in the bubble in eight games, though. Average 30. Well, on the team that went 8 0. And to think that this kid is only 23 years old, man. He increased his scoring efficiency, developed into a better playmaker, cut down on his turnovers, and stopped feeling as if he had to take on the entire team one on five. Once a player does that, I've seen this happen. Michael Jordan's, Kobe Bryant's, LeBron James. Some of those players, they realize, you know what? I don't have to go one on five. I can do this with these teammates around. And they went, hey, no. Devin Booker, dog. Luca, Devin Booker. That's the future of the NBA. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, That last statement was rough. But um, so the MVP is Dame Lillard. So here's the thing. Yes, Devin Booker had a great A game. But there's a reason why they're at home, right? <laughs> they're, they're watching Dame now. They're going to watch Dame go forward because Dame took his team to the game in Portland. I'm sorry, that Phoenix didn't make it to, right? That, that, is, that not, is, that, is there a lie being told right now? No. All right. So Dame Lillard is the MVP of this bubble simply because he's still moving on and he's the reason why his team is in the position they're in. Portland was hurt this entire year. Entire year. They were, they were not at 100% this entire year. Cap, Jeff. That's fucking Cap, Jeff. That's fucking Cap, Jeff. Just got um, um, the – what's your back? Hey, real quick. Hassan Whiteside played better than Nurkic the entire year, bro. He averaged 15 to 14, led the league in blocks. He's a better basketball player than Nurkic, dog. So no, they ain't he's been injured. Not on that team. They played 70 games. You got Melo for 50. Come on, man. That's a better squad, dog. I'm talking about on that. No, they're, they're a better team on, on paper. They're an extremely better team than so why are they in the A spot? Why are they fighting for their lives than if they team better? They should at least be a four or five. You know what they are? They fighting for their playoff lives. How many games did how many games did Dame miss this year? Five max. Do you look that up? 
Portland is the better is in a position they're in because of Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard showed up in the big moments and made sure that he came through. His team is going to keep playing because of that. My God, if Phoenix made this play-in game, they would have got beat by 15 to 20 points every game against the Lakers. We know that. Anybody with any comments has known that. They would not have messed up well against the Lakers. At least when Portland plays the Lakers, they're going to win one, maybe two games. My pick is Damian Lillard. Devin Booker had this sold up until the last three games of this bubble. If Damian Lillard doesn't go for 61, 50, and 42 in those last three games, Devin Booker is going to win his MVP. But those final three games put Damian Lillard over the edge to get this award. They went 6-2. and two. He averaged 37.6 points, 9.6 assists, 4.2 rebounds, 1.3 steals, on 50% from the field and 44% from the third. The only, the only negative he had in this bubble was the game that made him go off where he went over two from the free throw line. I'm going to go with Damian Lillard for MVP of the bubble. I do know that Dame had three really bad games in this bubble, right? And Devin Booker had zero bad games in the bubble, right? He still averaged more than Devin Booker. What the fuck? That, what, is, what are we talking about? You act like he averaged 35 and the nigga averaged 40. What? He averaged 30. What I'm, no, no, you're not hearing what I'm saying. In those two games that he played very bad, 10 for 23, what do we – you don't talk – they don't go into considerations, bad games? Yeah, why, that's why his average is as low as it is because he had those two bad games. If he don't have them bad games, then you're talking about he averaged 43. Exactly. Those two bad games is what dropped his average. 10 for 22 one night, 6 for 19 one night, and 10 for 23 from the field. And at the end of the day, he still shot 44% from the field. What did book Booker shoot from the field? Damn. He had bad games and the strength of schedule that, that uh, Dame Lillard had compared to Devin Booker was, was easier. He had an easier route. So you going so he gets punished for the games that he has to play? Oh my God. Jay is hot about Dame. Right, y'all, y'all like Dame Lillard more than y'all like Devin Booker in that shot, but understand this. That's not don't insult don't insult every, the basketball shit by saying that right there nah. like, don't do no, that. Y'all no i'm telling you i clearly because if you before the last three games i had devin booker but when you come out and score 61 51 and 42 that's enough to, to take over that and we'll see we'll see when, when a bubble mvp bubble comes out we'll see what people think to get mvp over a person that didn't lose a game, didn't have one bad game, and his strength of schedule was harder. Bro, that's ridiculous, man. We that's just, ridiculous. We just gave coach of the year to Monty Williams. Who really that, bro, that's if there was a situation where Dame Lillard could be coaching the yard, gave that shit to Dame Lillard too. It's it, and I get it though, that's y'all man. Yeah. But in terms, sometimes you gotta step out and be like, you know what? I mean, it's in Houston pause. Like no, no. Nah, Jeff, don't do that. That's Cap. You said, is the bandwagon fool? Did you not say? No, Jay. Come on, man. Like, you know, you can't. We, we different. Okay. You, don't, you don't jump bandwagons in the middle of no season. You can't say a guy's your guy and you ain't just been rolling from that whole time. You can't do that. You want to crown him. Hey, this is what I'm trying to say. You want to crown him, crown him. But get what? He got to play some games in the next couple of days. He's going to let y'all down. Like, he just got out of the trunk. A nigga put him in the trunk oh, in 2018. Uh, that was two oh, years ago. He made uh, the finals the past season. He said, what? What'd you say? That was two seasons ago, and then he made the Western Conference Finals the next season. He responded, right. and he beat your man's home for the series. Oh. I said, what? From the logo. Oh, beat your man's home from the logo. 
What did he do against Steph, though? What did he what do he, against your man's pandemic P, though? What did he do against Steph, though? What did he do against pandemic P? Oh, no question. I understand. There we go. You got, you got to stop bringing up locking in the trunk. He did, but the next year, he bounced back. Bounced right back, Jay. It'd be different if he got locked in the trunk. Then the next year, he didn't bounce back. He bounced back. Because Drew Holiday wasn't available, dog. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. If you want to crown him, crown him, dog. Tweet us with questions throughout the week at Full Sport Press, man. Don't forget to comment. Give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on the YouTube page. On the iTunes page, please rate and subscribe. And more importantly, don't forget to tell a friend. To tell a friend. Tell a friend. Tell a friend about that FSP. Weezy. Everything paid for, baby. Jeff. The camera is always on, brother. Coach Lock. Get a drummer song. We podcasted. We are out. We show the fuck are out. <laughs> Life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Thank you for listening to the Full Sport Press Podcast. To catch up on prior episodes, visit the SoundCloud page. And don't forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. The revolution will be podcasted.